Well, hey, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to You Forgot One. Today on You Forgot One, we are diving in to the funkiest album on our list, and certainly the funkiest album we will cover in our first season of the pod. We are looking at Parliament's Mothership Connection. So get your sunglasses on so you can feel cool and make sure that you're ready to make your funk P-Funk as we jump in. Micaiah, Mothership Connection. What do we need to know right up front? I think as far as Parliament goes and Parliament Funkadelic, this is kind of the moment when P-Funk is branded. That's kind of the way I look at this album. George Clinton originally had a doo-wop group called The Parliaments. Then he lost the name. And then in the early 70s, had a, a Parliament album that was more in line with what he was doing with Funkadelic. And then they came back around 1974 and started being the even funkier, you know, uh, sister group to Funkadelic. And by 1975... They had gone full blown P funk. All right. This is when, I mean, I, I'm not a positive that that is when the, they start using the term is in this opening track, but it is now suddenly in your face, this idea of P funk. And it is a, an exceptional type of funk music that is theatrical, that is funky, uh, that is cosmic. And overall liberating as well uh what would you like to add to that rob yeah so i think that two things that are very important for understanding for understanding parliament funkadelic p-funk whatever band name they're under at the time if you want to understand this beautifully glorious collection of musicians that have really been put together by George Clinton as a producer and understand what they're doing. You need to first understand that this is an album that was recorded in the middle of 1975 comes out at the end of 1975. And there's some things that have changed. So you have to understand that in in many ways there has been the, the previous decade has been very, very serious. Um, whether we're talking about, uh, uh, you know, 63 to 68, you think about uh, Martin Luther King, you think about the civil rights era and the civil rights movement, um, you think about all that came between uh, King's assassination, uh, RFK's assassination, and then you look to, um, you know, still in the height of the Vietnam War, And here we are in 1975, the Vietnam War has come to its conclusion. And at this point, uh, President Nixon, after Watergate, has resigned from the office. Gerald Ford has pardoned uh, Richard Nixon. And in many ways, there is a country that has not yet entered into some of the economic difficulties that would really define the late 70s. And... And in many ways, for a generation that was participating in uh, all kinds of protests and all kinds of uh, civil and political and even international unrest, there seems to be this moment uh, almost of reprieve. And in this moment, Parliament, who, I mean, let's be honest, they, they, are, a, they are a far more political band on other albums but this unique moment in time, it's, it's almost as if Mothership Connection is defined by its looking forward to the future and to the possibilities of the future. It is a, a lighthearted album. It is, I mean, it's frankly, it's a funny album in a way that not many albums were leading up to it. And even other Parliament albums wouldn't necessarily be in the same way. And, and so... For both Makai and I, we love this album. And so later on today, you're going to be able to hear us interview two friends of ours, Lauren and Shane, 
because for Makaya and I, we love this album. And so we, we really wanted through someone else's ears to get a sense of what is a fresh 21st century 2021 take on Parliament's Mothership Connection. And so I'm excited for you to hear later on in this episode for us to talk to Lauren and Shane and for you to really hear their first impressions of this album that came out in December of 1975. But for me, this is an album all about, uh, if it is not defining or the definitive P-Funk album, it is the album that defines the the concept of the P-Funk mythology but it is also an album that is in many ways defined by an increase of artists that are part of this parliament group, a part of this collection of musicians. Of course, everyone knows Bootsy Collins, the famous parliament bassist who got his start playing with the JBs, which is James Brown's band. But one of the things that Bootsy Collins did when he left the JBs is he took some guys with him. And Mothership Connection is actually the very first album Parliament is going to record with Maceo Parker and Fred Wesley, who both left the JBs right after Bootsy Collins did uh, to join this collection of musicians to make this album. And this album sounds in some ways, very, very different from the album that came out right before it in the Parliament chronology, which is Chocolate City. This is a very different sounding album because of that. And it, it's a concept album. It's a concept album. George Clinton has described the album this way. He said, we, put, we had put Black people in situations nobody ever thought they would be in, like the White House. And I figured another place you wouldn't think Black people would be was in outer space. I was a big fan of Star Trek, so we did a thing with a pimp sitting in a spaceship shaped like a Cadillac, and we did all these James Brown-type grooves, but with street talk and ghetto slang. That's George Clinton's idea behind this album. And then, of course, even if you've never heard Parliament's Mothership Connection before, you're going to recognize a whole lot in it, because P-Funk, Parliament's very particular, very unique style of funk, would become one of the most sampled styles of music by what would be known as G-Funk, the rap music that came out in the early 90s out of Southern California. And in many ways, Dr. Dre, as a producer, was for Southern California rap what George Clinton was for late 60s and early 70s funk music. Absolutely. And, and to that point, Parliament and Funkadelic P-Funk came back into popular culture through G-Funk at a time when it was when they needed to get funky again. You know, uh, The Chronic comes out in 1992. It, it's following the L.A. riots, uh, the Rodney King verdict. And Dre decides that it's it's time to make another party album. And he's pulling directly from Mothership Connection. You know, and, and other California groups had done it before, so he's not... And I think even NWA had, but uh, the Digital Underground had been pulling uh, from P-Funk before. Even Tribe Called Quest was pulling from uh, later P-Funk records. Uh, but what Dre does with it um, really redefined hip-hop at that time. Into 2015, in recent years, uh, we've heard the sound revisited and reclaimed by new artists like Kendrick Lamar and to pimp a butterfly with the beginning of the album starting with George Clinton Thundercat on bass who's very clearly inspired by Bootsy and even uh, with some voiceover by Dr. Dre so it's all kind of come together in that album which has recently been pretty much decided one of the all-time great uh, hip-hop records and uh, even later in that record with songs like King Kunta, right, we hear the backgrounds, the background singers say, we want the funk, the funk should be with, you know, there's a spoken word part that happens in the middle of the song, you know, it's saying that the funk shall be within you, you know, very much pulling from this era. And, and that album is a response to, you know, a lot of the stuff that's happening post Trayvon Martin and at the start of the Black Lives Matter movement. So it seems like, Whenever America really needs some sort of healing, you know, by way of music, 
Parliament always comes back. Hmm. And that's one reason I think they they have to be considered as one of the greatest groups in the history of American music. Forget funk music, forget black music. In the history of American music, this is one of the most quintessential acts. And this album is them at their most funky, their most fun, their most creative, their most out there. And it's weird because the consensus is not that Mothership Connection is the best album. So it's interesting that you and I created a list of 50 albums, any albums, and and that this one was on both our lists really caught me by surprise. Because normally people will make the case for Maggot Brain or they'll make the case for One Nation Under a Groove. Yet one of the only like 17 albums that we had a a perfect match on was this album. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very excited to uh, get to talk about it here and to get to introduce it to two of my friends and hear their thoughts on it as well. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about other lists that this album has appeared on. And like Micaiah said, this is not an album that is even universally seen as the greatest or the best Parliament or Funkadelic or P-Funk album. That um, There are many lists that hold that One Nation Under a Groove is is a better album or a higher ranked album. Uh, other lists, including the 2020 revision of the Rolling Stone 500, places Maggot Brain higher. Um, interestingly enough, the the updated Rolling Stone list dropped this album considerably, almost a hundred spots. So on the 2003 Rolling Stone list, this album came in at 276. On the 2020 list, they dropped it to 363. But interestingly, Vibe magazine listed Mothership Connection on their list of essential Black Rock recordings. And what is interesting, of all of the places that we have seen this album ranked, the highest ranking that I've ever seen for Mothership Connection came in 2008. The TV network VH1 did a 100 Greatest Albums of All Time series, and they gave the 55th spot to their all-time greatest 100 albums to Mothership Connection by Parliament. And that, you know what? And that makes sense from a music video channel that relies on, on the visual as well as it does the music, because they're very much a visual band. And another thing about Mothership Connection is that this is when uh, the touring of P-Funk got taken up another thematic notch. Mm -hmm. So uh, following Mothership Connection, they go on tour, and even um, Clones of Dr. Funkenstein, the follow-up, they go on the P-Funk Earth Tour, which is recorded in Oakland, California, and they tap a guy to help them with the tour who had worked on Broadway, who had worked for David Bowie and Kiss to just really turn up the theatrics and play in in a manifestation of the P-Funk mythology, including a spaceship that comes down onto the stage and characters interacting with each other. So, yeah, I can can see why VH1 might put that one higher, Mm -hmm. uh, given that their channel that very clearly... Is interested also in the visual aspect of what music can be. Yeah. And so, of course, the album uh, it came out at the end of 1975. And so it reached its highest chart position on Billboard in the United States in 1976, the following February. And it peaked at number 13. So for at least two weeks in 1976, it was the 13th highest selling album in the United States. It, it peaked at number four among R&B albums. And for an album that you know many people, including many of our listeners, may not be familiar with at all, it is a platinum album. It is a Recording Industry Association of America has certified it platinum. It has sold to date just over 1.2 million copies. It charted again, not nearly as high, but it did chart again in 1993, um, and this came after some of uh, Dr. Dre's work uh, sampling this album. And yeah, so that's a that's a year after the Chronic, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Micaiah, for you, 
Why is this on your list? You know, I I wish I had something kind of smart to say about it, but I don't. I mean, I just enjoy this album. It's one of the most enjoyable listening experiences uh, that I've had. I I have a copy of the CD that I keep in the car. And I love just driving around to it from start to finish. I won't. I will not leave the car if the if the album is not over. Uh, I've got an early reissue from the '70s on vinyl. I love to give it a spin over the my huge speakers and just have just a party all by myself. Uh, you know, I just I love this record. I, I again, I wish I had something smarter to say. Son, I'm with you. Um, I would, I, I mean, look, I think in hindsight, you can look back and you talk about this moment, this unique moment in history, this unique moment in time. I think there are thoughtful things you can say about this album, but the reality is, is that there are albums we're going to cover this season that, that are more important for sure. And so whether you're talking about an album being an important album or even an important album in the moment, or that season in life, or that season in time. There, there are other albums. I mean, Sly and the Family Stone essentially did more important albums in a similar vein. I love Mothership Connection because it's just fun. Yeah. So for me, I, I just can't be in a bad mood while listening to Mothership Connection. And, and again, from the beginning... The idea of of starting this album off with its longest song in in Make My Funk the P Funk, um, or or rather P Funk is the title, wants to get funked up. Uh, but but the 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 chorus you're going to hear is Make My Funk the P Funk. I wants to get mm-hmm. funked up. Uh, what a great what a great song, and I love the, the introduction. They're they're starting you off, letting you know right up front, and the spoken word bits throughout that song uh, are just you know from the get go you are in safe hands on this album. That it's going to be fun. You're going to enjoy it, and uh, I, I joke often with my children because I listen to this album a lot in the car. Um, I, I feel like I do a whole lot of head dancing. Uh, while I'm driving, listening to this, because you just can't help it. Something about this album makes you want to move. It is it is a get you grooving, get you dancing album. And there's not a whole lot, truthfully, on my list like that. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of really great albums. There's a lot of important albums, but an album that nearly every song on it gets you going, gets you you know, gets you in that place of mind, that kind of state of mind where you can just relax dance enjoy yourself it's a it's a party on a record and of all the catalog of great music that p-funk put out mothership connection is my favorite by far and and again i i understand people who are who believe maggot brain is a better album or a more important album or a more creative album um we were talking about it uh before we recorded that it really, in many ways, Donald Glover uh, is such a huge fan of the album Maggot Brain. And if you want to hear Maggot Brain's influence, you need to look no further than Childish Gambino's album Awaken My Love. You can you can hear it really clearly there. Um, and, and there's a whole lot to be said for the importance of One Nation Under a Groove. But Mothership Connection is as fun as Parliament gets for me. And so that's why I love this album. So, Rob, what are your top five Parliament Funkadelic albums? Oh, I put you on this. I'll go first. Yeah, you go first. You go first, and and we'll come back to me. So, my top five Parliament Funkadelic. uh, This is a combination of Parliament and Funkadelic. So, number five, let's take it to the stage. Number Mm -hmm. four, The Clones of Dr. Funkenstein. And then number three, One Nation Under a Groove. Number two, Maggot Brain. Number one, of course, that's why we're doing this, Mothership Connection. So that would be, I mean, the, of course, the three are just so canonical. It's hard to kind of break from that. But, man, if if you dig Mothership Connection and you're listening to this out there, The Clones of Dr. Funkenstein is a great follow-up. 
that also plays into the the P-Funk mythology and becomes a big part of the touring element of the band. Highly recommend that album. There's some great stuff on there. Mine would be, starting at number five, would be Funkadelic. Great album. Number four for me, yeah, it's this is hard. It would be a, it would be it would be a tie between Up for the Downstroke and Chocolate City. Number three is Maggot Brain. Number two is One Nation Under a Groove. Number one is Mothership Connection. I like that list. It really depends what kind of band you're in the mood for, because there there are there are some very very heavy funk albums they do there there are some nearly disco albums they do and then there are some where it's it's really it's prog rock oh yeah it's it's not even funk it's 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 a prog rock album and and maggot brain in many ways is a prog rock album more than it is a funk album oh yeah it the the first funkadelic album in particular there's a straight up blues number on there Mm -hmm. straight up blues number and you can hear and maggot brain comes out comes out in 71 the first funk adult comes out in 1970 so they are very much inspired by the psychedelic funk brand that sly and the family stoner brings to the table but also hendrix very inspired Mm -hmm. especially eddie hazel the, the guitarist very inspired by what hendrix is doing you can hear that vocally too in a lot of the performances on those on those early funkadelic records Let's get to a difficult question, considering that Mothership Connection only has seven songs. Uh-huh. So instead of asking for you, Micaiah, to name your top five songs on Mothership Connection, let's narrow it down. What are your top three on Mothership Connection? Oh, wow. Well, the opening, I mean, you, you won't find many better opening tracks than that one. Honestly. Uh, so mm-hmm. P-Funk wants to get funked up. Uh, likewise, Mothership Connection, Star Child. A yep. great follow-up. And, oh, this is such a, a basic list, I feel like, but how how are you going to leave out Give Up the Funk, Tear the Roof Off the Sucker? I mean, like, it. I don't know if there's a better, you know, party anthem funk anthem than that track so yeah so i'd say those three it's it's a very safe three but with this album you know that that's that's what i want out of it i just want to feel good for about 38 minutes and boy do they deliver you know my my top three on mothership connection would be number three handcuffs Hmm. number two the opener P-Funk wants to get funked up. And of course, number one, give up the funk, the party anthem in many ways, the song that came to define Parliament. Now, those would be my top three on Mothership Connection. And with that being said, we're going to take a break right now so you can hear from today's sponsor. And then we're going to jump right into our conversation with Lauren and Shane about their first experience listening the Mothership Connection. Lauren and Shane, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. You're welcome. So here's what I want to know. You you both ag- agreed to to listen to this album for this podcast. And again, a an album that Makai and I love. We are crazy about this album. And yet, two people who've never listened to the album before, and we've asked you to listen to it, and it starts off with <laughs> Do Not Adjust Your Radio Dials. You are tuned to W-E-F-U-N-K. We funk. The Mothership Connection, The Bomb. And at the midpoint of that song, you are encouraged to take whatever ails you and place it up on the radio because funk not only moves, it can remove. What is your first thought 
after we've asked you to listen to an album that starts out like this? My first thought was it reminded me of, why can't I think of that? The, um, the movie in Brooklyn by Spike Lee. Why can't I think of what it is right now? Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yeah. Cause it's all kind of like, a, has like that radio. Senor Love Daddy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like the narrator through that. So I was like, okay, like I like this vibe. That's cool. And like the kind of like the talking and like the intro into it. And then when he stalks, t- starts talking about like the rhythms and like the vibes and like the vibrations are going to like cure you. It reminds me from this like very crazy conversation I had with another flight attendant. I guess it's not very crazy, but he was telling me how there's like celestial vibrations and frequencies and that if you listen to them, they have mm. properties to like cure cancer. And we like sat in his hotel room and we were just like listening to all these like different frequencies. And then he'd ask me how I felt afterwards. He was like, do you feel the healing within you? And so I was thinking like, oh, okay, like music has properties. That's just what the connection I made with that. Is that I love, like, I love your description of, of do the right thing is the Spike Lee movie in Brooklyn. I like that that's what you took from what she just said. <laughs> that was my first connection. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. If we're doing like free association, yeah. well, there's definitely yeah. I think that the senior love daddy, but it doesn't happen in a vacuum because I mean that what he's doing is a lot like other black DJs of the '70s and the late '60s who are among some of the early inspirations for hip hop this idea of of speaking or even rapping over the music as the right. dj uh so there yeah that you're not you're right to make that connection and in the album before this chocolate city um Bushy does a very similar thing um by shouting out dc is the chocolate city and mm-hmm. imagining dc as a place with a black president in 1975 for 1974. Um, and at this moment, they're, they've just taken a, a black man into the White House, where one had never been before in the 70s. And the idea for this album was to take all black people where none of them had been before, which was outer space. Right. And, so, and that's kind of the, the jumping off point. The major point is, is, is liberation. Yeah. That the funk is, is liberating. In music, in general. I, I Yeah, you get that feeling. I don't know. I thought it was very, like, fun. I felt like it was a fun, like, dance album. And I think that dancing can be a very liberating thing to do. Yeah, it all felt about, like, a breaking boundaries. Boundaries of the body, boundaries of space, boundaries of time. Like, everything, it just kept, like, trying to be, like, think out of, like, you know, your corporal being. Like, what does it mean? Like, this music, like, transcends all of these things. And they were talking about Bowie, too. And I didn't make any of those connections, but I was just thinking more about, like, when they were making fun of him and stuff, like, Ziggy Stardust and how that was kind of, like, this futuristic figure who came back and, like... And I think they were kind of more lampooning that idea of like him feeling out like otherworldly and not really thinking about like he doesn't really know what it means to be the other when like the black experience is so othering that mm-hmm. that's more of like something that's going to be projected outwards and like this outer space thing. And it's like, how does this like white boy like understand that? Like he doesn't got the funk, you know, like he doesn't yeah. know what that means. <laughs> There's a most random kind of throwaway line in there. I, I heard your funk. Sound like it got a three on it, though. Like, it, it seem, seeming a, a very strange, like, insider musical theory reference to throw in. Like, it has a third, it has a third chord in a progression. And, and, he, and he kind of throws that in almost as a way as referencing it to white music. Because, mm-hmm. you know, making, almost making that point of going, oh, like, I was listening to, you know, your David Bowie, you know, your, your, your Doobie Brothers sounds like you got a three on it like almost almost this idea of of kind of making the point that the white version of this music is different that there there is something almost to, to shane's point like there's there is something intrinsic to this music that the white people trying to do it just don't understand 
and and like right out of the gate and make my funk the p funk it seems like they're pointing that out yeah i, agree I think that. i think that's true uh the only exception to that is the fact that Sly and the Family Stone, even though Sly is, you know, the head of the band, uh, they were an integrated band. Mm-hmm. They, they did consist of black and white people uh, and men and women. So the Family Stone is kind of an exception to this. Um, but, yeah, but for the most part, I think that's, that's definitely – I mean, but you listen to Young Americans. It's, it's not – it's probably being at the time probably promoted as, like, funk uh, – but it's so far away from the meters as well, Sly, Parliament, Funkadelic, you know. So to, to introduce your album by being like, okay, earlier this year, you've probably listened to Young Americans and thought you were listening to funk music. You know, re, <laughs> readjust, recalibrate those expectations. We're about to get to the Mothership Connection. Yeah. And then, I'm, and then, I'm the lollipop man. Oh, but, that but was the, so funny to me. <laughs> the long-haired sucker. Yeah, it was like, it took me like a while, like you were like listening to it. And then I like really heard that line and I was like, wait, wait, wait. And I really had like a little giggle. I was, that's, that was very good. Very good world play. <laughs> it reminded me of a Janelle Monet album where she um, does the radio DJ thing and then it's like futuristic um dirty computer it was the same kind of like futuristic radio dj funk um sound but um and i like shane said i've 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 listened to funk i'm i'm familiar what it is um i don't know if you guys would consider that janelle monet album to be a funk album um but i liked it and i listened to it a lot but that's probably the only time i've ever really and that's like newer. Um, I, when it comes to older music, I, I kind of just sampled songs here and there because the albums weren't coming out like in like real time. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I like this band and or I like this artist and she just came out with new albums. So I'm going to sit down and listen to it. Um, so I guess I'm not as familiar with like older bands and um, listening to their music in their entirety. But yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Um, but yeah, when it gets into Make My Funk the P-Funk, that first kind of like uh, beat drop, I guess, um, it's very fun. And you're like, yeah. yeah I, I have no um, doubts that Janelle Monet. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and I was like, oh, that's where she got this from. Like that was, I was like, oh, okay. Well, that wasn't yeah. an original idea. Um, but I mean, as a newer artist, you can sample and have people that you admire and um want to emulate so i respect that i'm looking at the credits now for dirty computer to see if she has anybody on the record who is in parliament and the the person who plays bass on that album is uh thundercat are you guys familiar with thundercat at all no Mm -mm. uh he's i mean he is pretty much the bassist of our generation uh, pretty much the equivalent to to Bootsy, he's the one who plays bass on like all of "To Pimp a Butterfly," oh. all all of the mm-hmm. really funky. I didn't moments. know that. See, this yeah, is the- like this is like music world that I don't know about. Like these little insider things about like who the I don't know. I just I feel like I only know the famous people. So for Mackay and I, for our lists, Mackay, this is something I was thinking about this week going and listening to, to Mothership Connection over and over again. Miles Davis' Kind of Blue is the only other album to make both of our lists that is shorter than this one. Seven, seven tracks, 38 minutes. Other than Kind of Blue, this is, this is you know, this is, this is our shortest album by some distance. Really? Yeah. And, and so thinking about the length of this album and the total number of tracks, do you, do you find that the kind of concept album they're attempting to do here, this, you know, this idea again, here's, here's the funk, here is the P-funk, and now we're taking the P-funk out. Um, in, in some ways, it, it is, uh, is it the Public Enemy album, Search for the Black Planet? Fear of a black planet. Fear, fear of a black planet. Like, but it, it almost has almost has that that kind of same 
the same sense like this kind of in- introduction this is this is funk and we're taking funk out almost in in search we're, we're taking this kind of blackness out in into space and it kind of follows that that concept of of the album that they're you know taking the funk out to space and that and that all makes sense to me with the exception of one song which i i wonder when i listen to it now is it just that times have changed so much so listening to this one song in the 21st century just feels so uncomfortable or is it that it doesn't really make sense in the concept of the album but the song is handcuffs I knew I knew that's what you were gonna say. Um, okay. That song, it definitely when I listened to it, I was like, oh no. <laughs> like, that would never be a song today. Like nobody would accept that. But it's interesting what listening to that in an era when that was fine. So I think it kind of gives you some insight on like like how people feel about women i guess in a uncensored kind of way um and i think this far into the album you like everyone at least that's how i felt so i was like oh these seem like likable people um but it also made me think about culture at that time um i don't know i don't know i guess my interpretation (laughs) Like, and to Rob's credit, in the way that I think it didn't flow with the theme, like, thematically of the album. Like, I don't think it's, like, the problem with it is so much that it's so um, exploitative to women or demeaning or degrading in the way that they're saying it, obviously. But it's, like, the bondage concept, I think, when the whole thing with funk is freedom and individuality mm-hmm. and expression. And here we go, we have a whole song talking about like literally bonding a woman, hooking, mm-hmm. like handcuffing a woman, not letting her access freedom, which through all this, it's like, I feel like they're very conscious of like their own struggles with liberation. So what was jarring to me is like how they couldn't do that for women. It's like as black men, they felt restrained, but why are they now doing that onto women? And it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So it's, that's what's hard for me because I'm just like, you're not dumb. So why is this women's liberation is such a hard concept for mm-hmm. a collection of people to grasp? But I think it's because are there women involved in mothership connection at all? And also the title's called Mothership Connection. Like, a, like you know, so it's like all about, I think there's two, a song and he's talking about the womb and stuff. So it's like this very like complicated understanding of women in regards to what they mean to them, I think, as, like, lovers and property and, like, how they view then Mother Earth and the womb and creation. And I don't know, just kind of how they want control over that and, I guess, control over women. I don't know. Those were my kind of complicated thoughts on that. I mean, I just thought of handcuffs. I've always thought of it just as a a kinky thing, which so I've always been like, yeah, fine. (laughs) You do you. Do your thing. I think that men feeling possessive of women is still very common. So I guess that's why it's not super jarring to me because I think a lot of men feel that way about their women in particular. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I wasn't going to skip the songs because I was supposed to be talking about the album as a whole. But, but, you know, I still... Like, would sing along. I'd be like, do I have to put my hand cuffs on your mama? <laughs> it make me laugh. Micaiah, can you tell us a little bit and, and maybe kind of lead us in the direction of some questions about the relationship between P-Funk and G-Funk? And, and Lauren and Shane, I wonder for you, as you're listening to this album, were, were there... Um, did did you recognize samples from this album from from rap music from the '90s at all? To the extent that you're familiar with it. Ooh, yeah. Oh man. I don't think I'm familiar with rap music from the '90s. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah, and and I was the, listening. The- I was like, I, I was not. I was born in '92, so I wasn't listening to music until I was like eight. And I was listening to <laughs> NSYNC. <laughs> well, 
Well, in 1992, there was a pivotal album, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, and that is pretty much the, the quintessential G-Funk album. Uh, when people go to sample things, they're pulling out uh, a lot of James Brown records and looking for the drum breakdowns, hence breakdancing, b-boys. Uh, they're also looking at disco records and, uh, and rapping over that, uh, chic, you know. Um, so, and then there's Parliament Funkadelic is being used as well uh, in a way that's a little bit more experimental uh, in the West Coast in particular by, by Dre. Um, even in NWA Straight Outta Compton, there's a good bit of that, but it really comes in um, the chronic. So gangster rap from NWA, right, kind of evolves into G-Funk, gangster funk. Right? Okay. So that's the particularly, what's Snoop's album? Uh, the Dog Pound. Yeah, so you have things like the chronic and the Dog Pound. And, and the, those kind of become staples for what is G-Funk. But also, um, a little bit before then, the Digital Underground is sampling Funkadelic as well. So is Tribe Called Quest. Being able to see that, that progression and kind of trace all those elements through all of it, I think then you go back and listen to Parliament albums or Funkadelic albums, and you go, oh, wow, this, this is what they were doing there are whole genres of music that exist now that would not look the same were it not mm -hmm. for this group. Interesting. To like the first thought I really had with this album, it reminded me, I have like very limited knowledge on this, but I've listened to a few Sun Ra songs. So it was kind of like this like psychedelic outer space, like black music. And it just reminded me kind of what he would talk about, like, and like space is the place and just like the exploration. So I feel like too, and his was more like experimenting with the jazz and stuff. So it was like more of like what Bursat was just saying with like the improvisation and stuff. So one of the things that Bootsy Collins and, and really between, between Bootsy and the horn section he brings over from the JBs, there is there is a style of songwriting that they essentially learned under James Brown, which becomes popular for all of funk music, which is essentially, and, and this is where there are songs, and, and I'm sure you've noticed this, they're, they're really enjoyable, fun to dance to, mm -hmm. but some of the songs in Mothership Connection can just become overly repetitive. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because as a general model of funk music, there's only A and B sections. So if, if okay. you think about, if you think about like a modern pop song, generally mm -hmm. you're going you're gonna to have, so like take an average Taylor Swift song. You're going to have a verse, a chorus, a verse, a chorus, a bridge, a chorus. So you've, you've got at least three, essentially three sections. So your, your, your verses are going to be A sections, your choruses are going to be B sections, your bridges are going to be C sections, and then typically, you know, intros and outros as well most funk music is just an A or a B section. And since so much okay. of it is just, is just musical or kind of a repeated line. So even think about like the, essentially the A section of, of the opening track is the make my funk, the P funk. I wants to get funked up. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's it. Or uh, to the roof off the sucker is just give up the funk. Got to have the funk. We need the funk. Got to have like, that's, that's it. And it just, that's repeating over and over again. And so in many ways, it's just them, whether it's, whether it's improvisationally or them playing live or just jamming in a room, they're essentially finding what those A and B sections are musically. And once they figure out what the A and B sections are musically, then that's when they're coming in and almost writing whatever ridiculous lyrical content they want over it. But the, the music writing is all happening first. So they're okay. essentially just, just deciding on funk A and B sections of the songs and figuring out what's, what works for them and what they like and what they enjoy playing before any of the lyrical content is developed. So it's all music first rather than the other way mm -hmm. around. So much, okay. there's so, so much music we listen to today begins with the lyric and then the music is written around the, around the lyric, but that wasn't the way P-Funk worked. Yeah, I, um, I, I guess this is going to make me, this is going to reveal my music taste to your listeners, but I follow um, Charlie Puth. 
on Instagram. But he talks about that a lot, that he writes his music and his melody first um, and then goes from there. And I feel like that's how a lot of, and I'm not a musician, I don't write music. So for me, if I were to write a song, I would think about the lyrics because I don't write music. I was just gonna say, I think this is like an album that like should be listened with people. It's like to be enjoyed, like in a group setting. Like, it's like, you just want everybody like, we got the fun. Like you just, you know, like I was like in my room dancing, just kind of like wishing like there was somebody else here to experience this with me. You know, it felt like- you're just yeah wanting it to be communal it's a very party mm-hmm. type of music yeah yeah i mean in my in my mind it's the ultimate party album we want to thank our friends lauren and shane for being with us uh clearly uh this is a group of people that have known each other for a long time. And so we appreciate your patience as we laughed at and with one another. Um, but it really gets back to this point that this is a party album. This is a party album that we love. This is a great album. Micaiah, the question that we've got to struggle with, is this a greatest album of all time? Is this an album worthy of inclusion in our first 25 greatest albums of all time? To me, there's no question. All right, so even while, like, on, like, the new Rolling Stone list, even though it's dropped, things that it's influenced is rising on the list to Pimp a Butterfly, The Chronic, uh, even the low-end theory. So, yeah, I I, kind of take some sort of pride in being, you know, someone who's going to go out there and say, Definitively, this is one of the best albums. This needs to be recognized as one of the best albums. And I know that that it is on the list and that the other ones are higher. And you know what? There's a good case for the other two being higher, but there's also a good case for saying that the one that's the most fun and the most funky also deserves also deserves to be at the top. Um so that that that's my take on it. Parliament Funkadelic and their influence keeps coming up in American music when we need them the most in the 1990s, in 2015. So, yeah, so I I restate that point um, as well in order to kind of make my claim for this one. So for me, I love Mothership Connection. And Mothership Connection is the first album that we have done so far on this season where I wonder I wonder if my personal feelings about this album and my personal love and enjoyment for this album is not indicative of where it should be placed historically which is which is really my way of saying I love this album I know not everyone does or I know not everyone uh, evaluates it as highly a- as I do. That being said, this is also a podcast, Makai, that you and I are doing uh, not to try to come up with some definitive list, but to come up with right. our list. And so this is my opinion. And again, listeners, you feel free to to send us messages to let us know but my opinion, this is worthy of inclusion as one of our greatest albums for our first season yeah. of the pod. And I have a hard time I have a hard time defending that with anything beyond I just really love it. I think that's this what record. makes it tough. It's just like there's so much like I don't love it so much on an intellectual level. Like it's it's just pure raw emotion, and that emotion is just pure joy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that has to have value. So I, that's why I'm trying to become mm-hmm. more comfortable with just saying to to value something that is as joyous as this album, and saying no. There, if we're gonna make room, 
you know, we're going to choose a hundred albums. There has to be at least one that is on there just because you love to listen to it so much, just because it makes you feel good, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and let's be honest, uh, we're recording this in early 2021. We have not yet come out the other side of the COVID-19 tunnel. Um, it has been a very, very long last year. And I have, and I'm not ashamed to admit, I have listened to this album more in the last year than probably the previous five years wow. combined. Um, and and maybe that's and maybe that's also why it has ranked so highly for me, is that it is an album that it has, as you said, it has it has been an album that has been there for me when I have needed it, and it never fails to make me joyous and and there's value in that and so i'm okay to just say hey this is a joyful album and that in and of itself is worthy of inclusion on this list i dig it well hey listener what do you think you can reach out to us on Twitter at you forgot one at you forgot one pod. You can reach out to us on Instagram at you forgot one. Of course, you can swing by our website youforgotone.com and drop a message to us. We are interested in your input on Parliament's mothership connection. So as we head off, let me go ahead and remind you to do something. Put your sunglasses on so you can feel cool. And remember, If you've got sicknesses, ailments, rheumatisms, you go ahead and put it up on the radio because the groove can not only move, it can remove. You have a great day. W-E-F-U-N-K. Now this is what I want y'all to do. If you got false defects or shortcomings, like arthritis, rheumatism, or migraine, whatever part of your body it is, I want you to lay it on your radio. Let the vibes flow through. Punk not only moves, it can remove, dig? The desired effect is what you get when you improve your interplanetary functionship. Sir Lollipop Man here. Chocolate coated, freaky, and habit forming. Doing it to you in 3D. So groovy that I dig me. Once upon a time called now. Somebody says they're fuck out the death. I say it's seven up. Hey, Houston, sing a song. <laughs>